Welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Awakening Consciousness with Asher and Jesse. Uh, today, we got a great show for you. Uh, got some information that I think needs to be shared. Uh, the CDC is pushing uh, boosters despite warnings from the Moderna CEO that the existing jabs are likely ineffective against the moronic variant. And I'm calling it the moronic variant because that's kind of what you have to be uh, to believe this at this point. Um, and if you just mix up the numbers for Omicron or whatever, however it's pronounced, uh, you get moronic. And I think they're doing it on purpose to sort of make fun of the people who are still uh, believing in the narrative and uh, going along with uh, what they're being told to do. So <clears throat> we're going to be breaking that down today, talking about some of the bigger picture stuff, seeing if we can tease out what they're planning to do next, uh, and uh, hopefully share some insights that will be helpful to you in your life. And so uh, that's kind of the goal of the show here, along with building community. But before we get started, I want to take a second to focus our energies and intentions on the community and world that we're trying to build here. We're trying to build a community of like-minded people to grow, survive, and thrive together in the new world to come. Uh, so I see, you know, despite a lot of challenges, and we're going to go over uh, many of them today, uh, or at least I think the, the big ones today that people need to be thinking about, um, I do think that there is a new world being built that we can plug ourselves into, get involved in, and, um, you know, have a much better life than what is the alternative to this uh, world. And so I hope that everyone really uh, stands up, holds the line, and uh, doesn't uh, doesn't agree or doesn't go along with uh, the programming and the agenda that's being pushed on us. And so, you know, we're hopefully going to give people words of encouragement and uh, light at the end of the tunnel. So um, also... This video, we're gonna to be touching on some topics that YouTube doesn't like, uh, and we do that frequently. So please join us over on our alt platforms, uh, especially on Rumble. That's gonna be our main home. Uh, hopefully soon, we gotta get our technology streamed out for that. Um, and also our backup YouTube channel. So please subscribe there, and uh, please like and share this with anyone who you think might uh, get some value from it. So. Anything to add before we get started? No, you covered it. Thanks for being with us. Sweet. All right. So here we go. Good morning, Crazy Tigger. Nice, nice to see you again. All right. So um, let me share my screen and share some of the nonsense going on. We pay attention to this, so you don't have to. So. Uh, all right, so the Moderna's chief predicts existing injections will struggle with Omicron. So Stephanie, I think that's Stephanie, Bansell foresees material drop in current jabs effectiveness, sending stock, stocks and oil prices lower. So, you know, the, at the end of the day, you know, we can kind of see what, the, what it's really about just in that uh, first sentence. Um, the chief executive of Moderna has predicted that existing injections will be much less effective at tackling Omicron moronic than earlier strains of the CV and warned it would take months before pharmaceutical companies would manufacture new variant specific jabs at scale. So now we're, now we're getting into variant specific jabs. So he said the high number of Omicron mutations on the spike protein, which the viruses use to infect human cells and the rapid spread of the variant in South Africa suggested that current crop, the current crop of injections may need to be modified next year. Uh, there is no world, I think, where the effectiveness is the same level we, we had with the Delta variant said um, uh, Bansell told the Financial Times in an interview at the company's headquarters in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I used to live there. 
Uh, he added, I think it's going to be a material drop. I just don't know how much because we need to wait for the data. But all the scientists I've talked to are like, this is not going to be good. So here's a, here's a uh, warning from the CEO of, of Moderna saying, you know, uh, existing, existing jabs that taxpayer uh, money was used to fund the research of and uh, the manufacturer, not only do we, did we get taxpayer funds to uh, help with the R&D to develop these, but we also have a guaranteed customer base and uh, uh, guaranteed payments by governments all around the world to take this product. It's a product um, that they're offering to you. So uh, let's start there. Um, before we get into the recommendations from the CDC. So your, your take. I'm shocked, shocked, shocked and appalled, right? It's like, it's like, uh, it's like that great line from Casablanca, right? He's like, I'm shocked and appalled to know there's gambling going on in this establishment. And then they walk up and hand him his winnings. Uh, you know, the, the police chief who's shutting down the, the nightclub. Um, but yeah, right. I mean, it's, it's just classic problem reaction solution. No. So, this is just as predicted as expected um, going, you know, nothing here is deviating from the expected course, which is kind of interesting, I guess, because so many people have been talking about, you know, what comes next and it's just true over and over again. Thanks. Goose. Um, so, yeah, so problem reaction solution, you know, uh Oh, we have this huge problem that the, you know, the, we have this new variant that are, are currently effective, but, not actually effective, but we're pretending they're effective, you know, jabs won't work on. And so we have to come out with new ones, which of course is the goal all along and, you know, off, off we go. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but the, the first virus has never been proven to exist. And that's actually the official position from the, you know, like 58 governments around the world. Uh, there's no, there's no example uh, in any of the medical literature of a properly isolated and purified virus particle. Um, literally today, I'm going to be uh, wiring, uh, sending a wire transfer to Stefan Lanka so he can finish his research on uh, basically proving that the nature at which they currently uh, isolate, and I'm using air quotes, the virus literally creates the particle that they call the virus. And he, the way he's doing it is he's, <clears throat> he retraced their entire steps in that process. And the only difference uh, in his experiments is that he didn't start with a sample from a sick person. So that proves that you don't need any, any material from a sick person to get the same results that they get, which proves that it's the breakdown of the tissue which they use monkey kidney tissues, they use neurotoxins, they use antibiotics in the isolation. They use bovine calf serum in, in trying to isolate the virus. Now you can't isolate something by introducing a whole bunch of toxic elements and bovine calf serum into the mix and then call it an isolated virus. What they do is it breaks it down, it breaks down the tissue and then, then they, then they, get this particle that they're calling a virus, but it has nothing to do with it coming from a sick person. So literally today I'm sending him some money so he can finish that experiment. And, um, you know, so the, the idea that there is a variant of a non-existent anything is completely ridiculous. So, but we're, for the purposes of this conversation, we're going to be sort of living in that in their world and using their language and and uh, theories on the virus today. But always in the backdrop is this non-reality of any of these uh, viruses or uh, variants or whatever, and that's why I call it the moronic variant because you have to be a moron to believe in any of this stuff at this point. So. And it, um, it it's very much too like a death by a thousand cuts type of deal, you know, like the progressive selling of your soul. And because, mm -hmm. because like, 
they're just they're lying to you very blatantly and then they're giving you all the information and the tools that you need to know that they're lying and then they're changing the they're moving the goalposts every three seconds and then they're saying to you um you you now need to rectify in your mind all of that right the fact that we're lying that you know we're lying that we've told you you're lying that we've told you the goalposts are going to be one thing and now they're another thing and now they're another thing and now they're another thing but we're just going to continue to say go along with this or else. Um, and so if, you know, and so if you, if you accept that and you go from, you know, we always use the example, right. Two weeks to flatten the curve or whatever that it started with, you know, to, you know, to 16 jabs to maintain your green pass. Um, you know, if you go along with that progressively sort of step-by-step, step, it's very much a, you know, a progressive capturing of your soul that's taking place there as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we've been saying from the beginning that, you know, like you said, they're going to continue to move the goalposts. They're going to continue to, you know, uh, change the requirements and basically do whatever they, whatever they can to get people to continue to buy in and continue to take their jabs. And so we're going to later in, in the episode, we're going to sort of go to what we think are some of the bigger plans at play here. But <clears throat> The point that we've been saying for the for the longest is that, you know, the easiest and best time to stand up and say no is right now, today, because tomorrow the goalpost is going to be moved. It's going to be more difficult to stand up and say no. And it's going to be, you know, new restrictions and new requirements. And as we're going to see in in today's show and the articles that I'm going to share, it, it's not just, you know, two jabs and a booster and then you're done. It's going to be you know, two jabs and a booster and more boosters and more like totally new jabs that are, are coming down the pike. So, um, so here's, uh, same, basically, yeah, same, same CEO, CEO of Moderna. He's saying that, um, it, he's going to have a, uh, Moderna chief told CNBC that it, it would take a few months to develop and ship on a moronic specific injection, but a, but a higher dose of its booster could be ready sooner. So we're, we're talking an entirely new jab and boosters already from, from this new, from the new variant. And so it was never about two weeks to flatten the curve. It was never about, you know, take this jab and then we're done. It was never about you know, take this jab and a booster and then we're done. It's all about injecting you with more and more toxins. What they want is they want to be able to inject you with a, a, you know, quote, quote unquote, variant specific injection indefinitely, literally indefinitely. And so if you, if you think that you're going to go along and, and get your two jabs so you can keep your job, like, okay, that might work for six months, but what's going to happen after six months? And then nine months and then a year, you know, you're, you're signing yourself up to be a, a sort of uh, medical experiment for the rest of your life. In my opinion, I mean, I don't know, I could be wrong. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, <laughs> you're, you're signing your what you're signing yourself up for is the beast system, right? This is the cost of entry. So it very much goes back to the, the mark of the beast idea. And we can debate whether the jab is the actual mark of the beast or not, or there's some other, or it's coming or, you know, it doesn't make it, it doesn't really to me make any difference. It's, it's the, it's, it's the progressive mark of the beast, at least for sure. Right. It's a step in that chain for sure. And the price of entry right now into the beast system, into the matrix world is the jab. That's clear as day, right? Um, but that price of entry goalpost will change also, as Asher's pointing out. And so <clears throat> to maintain your, you know, uh, social credit score <laughs> within, within your, you know, Mart, within your beast system, uh, you know, you're, you're going to be chipped and tracked and plugged in in every way there is to be plugged in. Maintain that status. 
And so that's what we're, that's where we're at here. And it's just like, what a, what a paradigm, this article or, you know, the stuff that you're pointing out, what a paradigm it illustrates, right? We've now shifted into this paradigm of it's like every five minutes, they can just come up with a new variant and we've detailed, you know, we had, we did the whole episode on the PCR test. We had that great guest. Um, We've detailed many times as Asher took, you know, 30 seconds here again to talk about today that, the virus doesn't exist. The PCR test isn't testing for anything and was not intended for that and does not work for that. Certainly doesn't test for any of these strains, so on and so forth, right? So the whole the whole thing is, is based on a base of lies, uh, foundation of lies. And they've set up this system now where, you know, we're believing these lies. So, so when they, and so now when they say, okay, this new variant came out, and now the drug companies say, oh, hey, what would you know it? 30 days later, 90 days later, we're all ready to go. We've got this new life-saving jab for, for this new variant. And boom, we can throw it on as another, uh, another prerequisite, another requirement to maintain your, you know, your, your, your COVID pass, your vaccine travel passport. The very same one I warned you know, my whole family about in the very beginning of 2020, you know, um, that would never, that of course would never happen. Um, and here it is. So, so yeah, that's what we're, you know, that's so, so what a paradigm, right? What a paradigm, very different paradigm than the one we grew up in, right? We didn't grow up in this paradigm where, Hey, there's this new scary quote unquote virus. And then, Hey, now there's the solution and go get the solution. And we get, we get the solution and now we're okay. And then it happens again a few months later. This is a very, very new paradigm. Yeah. And it's, you know, and from the beginning, the, the only way out, the only, you know, sort of remedy that they've been telling the public is the jab. Like, it's not to, you know, get healthy, you know, lose some weight if you need to, or, or diet, you know, proper diet, exercise, get out in the sun, get some vitamin D, uh, you know, drink proper water, or, you know, maybe get out of the radiation zones from the 5G antennas and all that stuff. No, none of that. It's only been about uh, masking yourself, so restricting your your oxygen intake for a a disease that, according to them, causes your uh, you know hypoxia, which is your body's inability to process enough oxygen. So the the solution for them has been to further restrict your oxygen intake, stay away from your friends and loved ones, and get a jab. And that's the only solution that they've presented from the beginning nothing about, you know, getting yourself healthy or, or anything like that. It's only one solution from the beginning. And, you know, this was, you know, you know, you and I have been talking about this for 10 years. I mean, we were telling, we were telling our families that, that vaccine passports were coming a decade ago, let alone 2020. I mean, that, that, you know, it's like, okay, here we, we, we were saying, okay, here we go now. It's like, now it's game time, but um, you know, we've been talking about this for, for years and it's been on the table for years and Hey, Brian, Oh, thanks for, thanks for that. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. you, uh, coming and tuning, tuning in. Well, that, I mean, that's why at the beginning of 2020, I was able to say that to my family, right. right. Cause, cause it was like, yeah, I've known about that agenda going way back. And so when you see, when you see, Oh, they're going this route now on this, you know, they're using this tactic to, implement the agenda well what are the logical next steps that we know they wanted we've known about was an object we've known was an objective of theirs for a long time well certainly depopulation is likely to be part of you know some some sort of uh jab that everyone in earth is getting uh some sort of transhumanist type stuff is likely to be part of that and certainly the restrictions and the travel restrictions and the passport, you know, the, 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 the obligatory, the, the mandated, you know, jab. So, yeah, I mean, that background makes, you know, okay, this is the part of the plan they're in now. Okay. Well, here's what, what they're going to use that for. And therefore I can, <laughs> you know, see the future, so to speak. Um, not actually, but obviously. No, I mean, it, it, you can we can like I, like this is pretty similar or pretty close to what i was expecting um you know 10 years ago or whatever it was and um you know I, you know look at look at look at how we've set up our lives you know we we live in we don't live in cities we live in uh you know good places to live with you know at this point we don't 
we, we haven't, neither one of us have had to make tough decisions. And, uh, and that is by design. And so, you know, you can, yeah. you can and, and you we want. will at some point, I think very likely, you know, that the, the way things, things seem to be heading here, a lot of this stuff's happening, right? It's not, yeah. none of this, none of these things we're talking about are future events at this point. Um, so there, you know, some people have had to make difficult choices already and others will be faced with those in the future. Um, but I think all of us will be tested through this time and um, that's okay. But, you know, again, I think keeping the perspective in mind that, you know, ultimately it's a spiritual battle. The fruits are not, you know, here necessarily right now in this lifetime, they can be potentially, but that's not what it's about. And, you know, they're not going to get my soul. I'm not taking the mark of the beast. I'm not going into the beast system. I'm going to maintain my sovereignty above all else, even if that were to mean losing everything, right? That's okay with me. Like I'm, I'm, uh, I'm accepting of that. If that's the way things go, I don't expect them to go that way, but if they do, I will still not enter that system, not sell my soul, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And, and yeah. So, and same with me too, but at the same time, like I'm, actively taking steps to ensure that I don't have to make those tough decisions. You know, like if I have an alternative energy source, which I'm looking into right now, then, you know, then they can't cut off my power. You know, I have a well, so they can't cut off my water, you know? So there, there's things that we can be doing in our lives that uh, make ourselves more resilient and uh, better able to resist the, uh, the directives and mandates that they're putting on us. And so, um, you know, it's an intentional process that we're going through. And if you know the plan and you know the agenda, then you can take those measures in your own life. And so let's go to CDC. Um, so we just learned about the um, Moderna chiefs uh, Thoughts on whether or not this will be his the existing jab be effective against the moronic variant, and we have simultaneously we have the CDC says all injected adults should get a C nineteen booster shot because of the moronic variant, and you really have to be a moron to uh, believe this and think that they're that they have your best interests at heart and. You know, so it, it's, let's see, today CDC is strengthening its recommendation on booster doses for individuals who are 18 years and older. And I'm sure that's going to, uh, you know, that age is going to lower until they're injecting everyone. Um, <clears throat> early data from South Africa suggests increased transmissibility of the moronic variant. And scientists in the U.S. and around the world are urgently examining injection effectiveness related to the variant. I strongly encourage the 47 million adults who are not yet injected to get injected as soon as possible and to inject their children and teens in their families as well as be, as well because uh, strong immunity will likely prevent serious illness. So again, they are, you know, inject it's everybody. the same playbooks inject everyone and so um you, you know so like should we should we move on to the bank stuff because yeah i mean know, i mean sure but point, you know, it, yeah i mean just for anyone who's not connecting the dots right it's like the 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 boosters will not work for the new variant uh and then the boosters should be you know re should be everyone should take them uh, because of the new variant. So, you know, it just continues the incredible logical fallacies um, and has to be some intentionality there too, right? I think partly, partly they're relying on the amazing opposing information that's constantly being pumped out as sort of the proof or the, you know, the proof of, yeah, the proof uh, for their having fulfilled their uh, imperative 
you inform manipulated into what into, into you know into informed consent and so um yeah. so we have the never-ending sort of you know dual you know you should do this but here's the info if you want to know the truth um and you know yeah it's just it's incredible i mean the that, that i mean that quote i mean it's like you know jab yourself jab your kids jab your wife jab your friend jab. <laughs> that, was, that was amazing yeah, yeah it's it, i mean it's if you if you're sort of if, if people are sort of like just waking up to the agenda and, and and what's going on like this this must be like really you know like uh jaw-dropping information to see like simultaneously you have the moderna chief ceo saying it's likely ineffective and the CDC is saying that you need to get it right now because, you know, if you don't, you'll, you know, you're all going to die or whatever it is. But it, it's just amazing the, the mental gymnastics that you need to go through to, in order to follow this stuff uh, logically and, and, and think that it's in any way for your benefit. So why would they be doing this? What, what possible reason? So let's get into the possible reasons. So this is, you know, here is some, uh, you know, part, part of what we're trying to do is connect dots. And so we have the obvious, uh, the obvious push to get everyone injected with not only, um, you know, not only the two jabs, but a booster and uh, soon to be additional jab, which is going to be different from the original um, it's basically a new platform. They've called it the, the software for life. Um, and it's, um, you know, basically gene editing therapy, if you want to call it that. So here we have, and this goes to what's the overall bigger picture of what's going on. Why do they, want us getting jabbed, you know, uh, you know, so there's the population reduction uh, potential. And here we have the Bank of England. So this is the uh, central bank in England, tells ministers to intervene on digital currency programming. So what does that mean? The Bank of England has called on ministers to decide whether a central bank digital currency should be programmable ultimately giving the issuer control over how it is spent by the recipient. So let me read that again. The Bank of England has, has called on ministers to decide whether a central bank digital currency should be programmable, ultimately giving the issuer control over how it is spent by the recipient. Let me translate that. So we're already heading into a, a world of central bank issued digital currencies and for people who you know oh you know digital currencies you know i remember you know when we we're talking about this with people in our life thought oh that's not happening i mean most of the currency already is digital i mean you pay with your credit card you pay with your debit card you pay you know you do wire transfers most of it is already digital and so for them to go from a a mostly digital currency to a an entirely digital currency is not that far-fetched and then you go into you know they've been there uh <clears throat> when it first came out there was like you know oh cash is dirty coins are dirty there's a coin shortage all this and that they're trying to they're trying to phase out cash you know cash is used to you know terrorists and you know and drug dealers and all that stuff uh, you know, all those people use cash. So we need to, we need to limit cash transactions. And then you go to uh, uh, something floated by um, Biden and co of um, getting banks to track transactions over $600 per year, per year. So they're, they're, they want to get banks to track transactions in, in $600 total per year. So all of that in the background of, okay, now we're going to, now we're going to be going with a digital currency. And now we want to decide whether the issuer, meaning the central bank should have control over how it's spent. That means they can essentially turn on or off 
where you spend your money and how you spend your money and if you can spend your money in the first place. So maybe your green pass isn't up to date and you need to, and you need to, you know, get your, your, your 11th booster and your currency won't work until you do. So that, that's the type of control and who you spend it, where you spend it, um, what businesses are you allowed to spend your money on? Is it, you know, is it a, is it an approved business? Is it an approved expenditure? That's the that's the level of control that they're trying to get to. So let's read on. Tom Mutton, a director at the Bank of England, said during a conference call on Monday that the programming could become a key feature of any future central bank digital currency in which the money would be programmed to be released only when something happened. What could that something be? Could it be your compliance with injection mandates? I don't know. Like, don't ask me. I'm just here reporting the news. Um, he said, you could introduce programmability. What happens if one of the participants in a transaction puts a restriction on the future use of money? There could be some socially beneficial outcomes from that. Preventing activity, <laughs> which is seen to be socially harmful in some way. But at the same time, it could be restrict a restriction on people's freedoms. So we, we wouldn't want to do that. We don't want to restrict people's freedoms. We definitely wouldn't want to lock them in their house and force them to cover their faces because um, that might be a restriction on freedoms. So I think that that bridge has already been crossed. Anyways, do you want to comment on what I've said so far? Yeah, a lot, a lot of great, great points in there. And obviously, like we can go very high level on this like big picture um, and deep, right? And talk about sort of how it's all set up and what the next steps are and how that looks and how that society looks. And I'm happy to have that conversation, but I want to back up. You know, I want to back up and just to some of the basics, right? So they've, they've wanted to get rid of cash for a very long time, partly because cash is sort of a great equalizer because it's a way to get around their control system. Meaning if they're, if their taxes are too high or their regulations are too onerous, people have a way to transact outside of that system if they so choose. And so it, it allows for the incentive structure of the tax code to have sort of a check and balance on it, right? They can't, they can't put taxes as high as they want. They can't make their regulations as crazy as they want because people will just start operating in cash outside of the system because that risk reward ratio has changed. They're willing to take on a little bit more risk um, because uh, the reward of avoiding such onerous measures um, is higher, has increased, right? So there, so, so that's important. Um, the other thing too that I just want to add to the conversation is like um, what this does for them on the price control front and on the tax front, it's just, it's, it's sort of unimaginable, right? So imagine where when they want to implement social goals, right, which they, they even mentioned in that article, right, when they, want to men, when they want to implement social goals, they can just put, they can basically just make the price of anything, any amount they want by simply having a, a tax or a fee or whatever based on the category that it's in, right? So if it's something that, you know, if it's something that is a pollutant, for example, right, if it contributes to global warming, right, then then all of a sudden, you know, they just have a huge tax on it. And, and so when you're scanning your, you know, you're scanning your forehead to, to pay for it, um, you know, your, uh, you know, the, ta the, the price is just is just controlled by the government based on its category or based on however they want to do that. So, you know, to, to, to have a completely digital government approved system is quite literally to hand them complete control over us in every facet of our lives. Because if you can't buy and sell outside of the system, if you can't, you know, yeah, I mean, that's really what it is, right? If you can't transact outside of the system and they control the system, well, now their goals become so easy to implement because any, all they have to do is shut you out if you disagree what are you, what are you going to do? I mean, look, look at how much leverage that gives them, right? Like how, 
what are we going to do as like a group or as a, you know, people who disagree with stuff or whatever, what, what are you going to do in a scenario where even to voice that you disagree could get you locked out of your, you know, your, 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 your money, your, 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 you know, your ability to provide for yourself and your family. So um, obviously we see where all this is going. And so, uh, it's, and it's interesting. It's really, you know, it's really interesting to think about how crypto and blockchain and all that fits into this conversation too, because, um, I, I won't start talking about that now because that'll take me a long time, but, but that's really an interesting piece also. Yeah. And they're also normalizing the, the direct, uh, the direct, uh, payments from the government into bank accounts right now. Uh, you know, I've mentioned on on past episodes, you know, child tax credits, you know, out of the blue from nowhere, all of a sudden we just started receiving money from the IRS or the federal government. Uh, child tax credits it just shows up in my bank account because we, you know, they have my bank account information because we've filed our taxes before. And so they're normalizing all this stuff. And I think I think people who sort of uh, don't get the bigger picture, you know, they say, you know, oh, one world government, how could that be? It's not like, you know, they haven't announced that on CNN yet. Like, what are you crazy? But it's like, it doesn't just happen overnight, like a blink and, and it just happens. It starts with, you know, sort of blocks forming and then, and then you have, you know, sort of coherent policy. And now we're, we're at the point where every single country on the face of the earth is taking measures against a virus that doesn't exist. And so um, it's a very coordinated effort. And, and to think that, you know, to think that we don't live under a, a sort of, you know, control over uh, from unelected, uh, you know, bureaucrats or whatever you want to call them, like UN, World Health Organization, uh, Bank of Inter International Settlements, like that type of level that's directing the, the policies for the various countries. Like, I don't know, I don't know how else we could explain that. And so it's not like they just go from, you know, the current monetary system where you know, most of this stuff is digital and, you know, some cash and, you know, and, and what we're currently living under now to hundred percent digital currency that we tell you who you can and can't spend your money on and all that stuff. It doesn't happen just like that. It happens gradually over time. I mean, gradually is, you know, maybe going away, but it, ha it does, it does happen in steps. And so, one of the steps that they take is demonizing cash. One of the steps that they take is normalizing direct deposits into your bank account. Um, one of the things that they do is, you know, oh, you can only come into this business if, you, if you're covering your face or have an injection or whatever it is. Though all of those things coalesce into what's happening in this, in this article of, you know, we need a, uh, central bank issued digital currency that's programmable so that we can control who you can, who can and can, who can and cannot spend money and where and where you can't spend money. And so it's, it's just a progression to that point, but it, you know, if you, if you can't see, if you can't connect dots or see the bigger picture, it'll feel like it just happened and it happened because it was necessary, you know, for whatever reason. Yeah. And, and, you know, just to drive that point home of so, the, sort of the progressive steps and then the ultimate goal and then us sort of potentially getting lost in seeing that because we don't have the perspective of large amounts of time. You know, if you went if you went all the way back, you know, 100 years or, or more, you know, and you and you were talking about ideas like like the 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 uh, the U.N., or, or the European Union, right? Or the African Union or, or um, you know, any of the NATO, right? Uh, any of these sorts of ideas. A lot of these ideas would have been called crazy conspiracy theories at that time. And people would have been like, you know, the, the, we're, we're not giving up our sovereignty as a country to any of these global sort of organizations, right? And, and those battles were fought, by the way. Um, you know, they had the League of Nations first, which then turned into the UN at some point. There were big battles on that, huge battles um, with, 
with people who would have been us at that time, you know, screaming that this is a march towards global government. This is a march towards loss of sovereignty for the nation state, loss of sovereignty for the, you know, for the state, for the country. So, um, so those things are, are very progressive, right? But you and I grew up in a world, right? I'm born in 1982. You know, you and I grew up in a world where uh, the UN was completely normal and normalized. It probably didn't even occur to us until we got into this t- type of stuff that there was anything about that that had anything to do with one world government or global government or, or these types of things, right? This was just a normal part of the world that we were accustomed to, you know, NATO and trade deals and, you, you know, you blocks of countries that get together and do this and do that and do the other thing. Very normal for us. This is part of our reality, but these are steps along the way to global government. And so you know, I just want to drive that point home for people. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. And it's, yeah, we're coming into this at the, you know, you and I woke up at the tail end of like, uh, you know, all of this coalescing into where we are now. Like, this is the, this is the uh, sort of end point for their goals. And, you know, to me, it seems pretty clear. I'm going to continue to read this article because there's a few more things and it's going to get into, um, why people are why it's going to be attractive to certain people right so to people who can't see the bigger picture they they and it goes back to them needing your consent they they need you to want this they need you to agree to it and buy in and be like yes this is what i want so it's gonna we're gonna go and see uh how they're going to do that. So he warned that the government would be required to interview. Hang on. There could be some social beneficial outcomes from that preventing activity, which is seen to be socially harmful in some way, but at the same time, it, it could be a restriction on people's freedoms. He warned that the government would be required to intervene and make the final decision. Mr. Mutton said, that is really a delicate debate that needs to be had. It is not something we can settle ourselves for that. That is for the government to lead on. Okay, that's great. Uh, a digital currency could make payments faster, cheaper, and safer, but also opens up new technological possibilities, including programming, effectively allowing a party in a transaction, such as the state or an employer to control how the money is spent by the recipient. One potential use could be control over benefits payments, said Sandra Rowe, chief executive of the Global Blockchain Business Council. She compared a programmed digital currency to the U.S. system of paying benefits in vouchers, as it could have a similar goal of restricting the recipient to buying only essentials such as food with the money. Earlier this month, Sir John Cunliffe, a deputy governor at the bank, uh, said digital currencies could be programmed for commercial or social purposes, even down to the way children spend pocket money. He told Sky News, you could think of smart contracts in which the money would be programmed to be released only if something happened. You could think of giving your children pocket money, but programming the money so that it couldn't be used for sweets. There is a large, there is a whole range of things that money could do. Programmable money, which we cannot do with the current technology. So, so there, there's your sort of uh, justification and reasoning for why people are going to go along with it. Oh, well, I can control that. You know, I can keep my kids from spending money on candy. I can, um, you know, uh, make sure that that people are spending it on what I want them to spend it. And it, you know, it comes back to, you know, you have GPS tracking uh, uh, chips in, injected into pets at this point. So, like, where's the, um, you know, that's one of the steps in the process of getting people to inject themselves with technology. Um, so anything else you want to, uh, um, on, I want to go to, cause before I go to the next article. Yeah, I just, I want to just touch on just the craziness of all of this. It's like, 
we need to step back sometimes and just look at it. Um, how, how effective and how intense and robust does brainwashing and programming have to get where we get to the point in society where we're trying to make these decisions that affect everybody and we're, and we're believing that the use of force to do so that getting together and having edicts and mandates and you have to do this. And you, you, know, you look, I mean, this look at the topics of what we're talking about. Like these are going to be mainstream topics very soon. Like they're going to, you know, they're going to be like, well, this person, you know, didn't do such and so. And so they, sh- you know, this class of people shouldn't be allowed to participate in the marketplace or they should, you know, they should be restricted to, to, you know, non-essential goods and items because, you know, blah, 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 blah. Right. Where where those conversations are going to be mainstream here very soon. Um, how all of it to me, the crux of all of it, right, comes down to this ridiculous idea that people have been duped into believing in of collectivism. You know, of of believing that they have any say over somebody else's lives, life. Like, how did we get away from the paradigm of like, I'm alive, you're alive, I'm free, you're free, I'm sovereign, you're sovereign. I can do whatever the fuck I want. You can do whatever the fuck you want. If I'm hurting you or you're hurting me, that's the only way we're going to have a problem. Like, how did we, how did we get away from that into like, Hey, let's create 437 levels of decision makers and committees and vote on stuff and do this and do that bureau, you know, and agencies and directives. And, and then let's, Let's try to all, you know, get together and think about what's best for everyone and then make decisions that are then enforced through violence on everybody. This is a this is an absurd idea. It's a terrible idea on its face. Right. Um, And the thing that happens over and over and over and over again are unintended consequences. And you can you know, we can argue all day about the intentions of the powers that be and what's happening on the planet right now. And I, of course, would come down on the side of that argument that it's extremely intentional. It's all part of a larger plan and so on and so forth. However, there's this also there's a dynamic that any time you screw around with the market, you interfere with the market, you create market displacement, which means unintended consequences. You create People, you create incentives and disincentives that you didn't fully understand that screw up your utopian plan for why, you know, the, the, your idea, once it was enforced on everybody, was going to be wonderful. Um, and this happens every single time. And, and until, you know, until humans drop the idea that they know best, that they have any fucking say over someone else's life, you know, that they have, that they have any ability to, like, you know, decide anything for anyone, until we get out of that, it's like because the ba- that's the basis for all these conversations, right? If, if people didn't believe that, that, that p- other people had the right to tell them what to do, the right to like make decisions co- for the collective, then none of these ideas would even be, you know, even be able to be presented because they violate sovereignty. They violate, you know, the fact that no, no, I, there's no fucking social contract. I didn't sign up to like you know, live my life in bed with all you other guys. Like, you know, I didn't, I'm not, I'm out on that. Right. I don't, I'm out on that. So, you know, it's just, it all comes back to that. Collectivism is really the, the main disease here, if you ask me. Yeah, totally. And it includes, includes us too. Like, don't take our word for this stuff. Like, you know, we're, we're just two, two guys on the internet who, you know, well, you know, yeah, we have nice lives now. I, you know, I know I do and you do too, but you know, don't take our word for this at all. Go out and do your own research and come to your own conclusions. You know, we're, you know, I, I, I hope that people sort of see through our intentions and, and, and see that our intentions are good, but don't trust the information that we're putting out implicitly, right? So go out and, and if you, if it sounds good, go out and do your own research. Or if it doesn't sound good, go out and do your own research. We shouldn't be making decisions for anyone, um, and and neither should anyone else. And so, um, that you know, that that's a great point that you're making. It's it starts from a baseline of collectivism and the removal of the individual from uh, being an important decision maker in the process. And, and let me just let me just drive that home with a let me drive home two real world examples of that real real quick because I think this is an important concept and it's one people 
have a hard time wrapping their heads around. So let's take the war on drugs, right? Which, which sort of is ending because, uh, you know, marijuana is being legalized globally in many ways. And we see psilocybin now they're talking about legalizing. And it seems that, so we now have new data kind of, right? So but the war on drugs is a great example, right? If you, if you just got out, if the government was not involved in the marketplace, the, the, in this case, the drug marketplace, you would have about drugs, what we call drugs, would be about 90% cheaper or something like that, maybe, maybe 95 or 98% cheaper uh, than they are because government making them illegal and then spending billions of dollars of tax money to enforce their illegality makes them very expensive, right? So that's, so that's the one unintended consequence. The other unintended consequence, quote unquote unintended, is that is violence, right? So the result of the, the, the market says there's, there's supply and demand. Okay, now the government gets involved artificially and creates artificially much less supply, right? There's much less supply artificially. And we can talk all day about the CIA's role and all that, and that's another conversation. But they're, they're, they get involved and they cut off the supply and they create all these artificial punishments for people who are you know, involved in this, in this business, right? So now what do you do? You've now created something that had one level of value, probably not very high, right? Like, like, like would farmers in Colombia still be making cocoa leaf if, if cocaine was legal globally? Yes, but they wouldn't be getting rich off of it. It would just equalize in the market, right? Like any other commodity. So, so you take, you take something that would have one price, you make it hundreds of times more valuable, thousands, if, uh, maybe hundreds of thousands of times more valuable. Well, now what do you create? You create incredible artificial demand, basically, not for the product, but to be involved in the business. Not being involved in the business now is extraordinarily lucrative. So, so what are people going to do? They're going to do exactly what the market is dictating their behavior is going to do. They're going to fight and do everything they can to maintain their position in that enterprise because they're, they're making a shit ton of money because the, because the government made it illegal and has an entire budget based on the enforcement of this illegality. Okay. Then we, then later, and of course, psychologically, you tell people they can't have something they want it. And they understand this, by the way. So, so they're also creating even demand on that side of things, right? When you're a kid, what do you want to do? You want to do what your parents tell you, or you want to do it the opposite, right? So, 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 so that's a great example. Another great example is sports tickets, right? So we, we the sports teams don't allow the market to set the price of sports events, right? So, so they have set prices. They come out with set prices and they might have a little to do with the market, but in many cases, very little. And so, and so what are the, what, the nice idea behind that is same with the drugs, right? It's like, well, we don't want people using drugs. So let's stop people from using drugs. Nice idea, right? Then the government gets involved. They mess with the market. They create the unintended consequences. And we, then we have the situation we're in now. Okay. Baseball tickets, any sporting event tickets, concert tickets, whatever it is, tickets. OK, they're not setting the price based on the market. They're not allowing a, a, a clearing mechanism to just determine price. Why? Well, we don't want to price out normal people, right? We don't want to make it so that the only people who can go to a game are the rich and famous and wealthy. Fine. Nice, nice goal, right? OK, let's fuck with the marketplace. Let's go get involved in the marketplace. We'll put a cap on price. Well, what does that do? Now the market can't find equilibrium. So now what happens? All the tickets for the entire season for sporting for teams that are in demand are sold in three minutes from the time they go on sale. Why? Because they their value is artificially low. What does that mean? It means if you can buy it, you can double or triple or quadruple your money instantaneously by just selling them on the secondary market. Guess why the secondary market exists? Because they fucked with the marketplace. And so now you have, so now you have created this entire secondary market. And of course, a whole industry around being the first in line, right? So they got robo people, robo calls, and people are, you know, doing all whatever they can do to get in to be the person who can buy the tickets direct at the at the artificially, the subsidized essentially price, and then resell them on the secondary market. Well, guess who buys them on the secondary market? The same people you didn't want to be able to go to be the exclusive people who could go to the game. And of course, that's the only possible outcome because the market wins in the end, no matter what. So you can put in all the weird stuff on the way to the same outcome, but the same outcome is always going to happen. And so the market 
finds a way to clear, which in this case is the secondary market for, for concerts and sporting events and anything that's in demand, that's where you have to go to buy them. And guess what the price is? It's the market price. It's whatever people are willing to pay, um, you know, to go to the thing. And, and all of that could be avoided all this, the secondary market and the fighting over this. And if they just allowed the market to do its job, this is how it works 100% of the time. So far for that very long winded examples, but I think, I think it is important. Well, and you can extrapolate that to what's going on here with like, you know, if there's a war on cash and, and they restrict cash, well, what, what do you think is going to happen to the value of cash? Now, the value of the digital, you know, sort of fiat currency might be one thing, but the value of the physical cash might be another. And so I think there's going to be sort of a, a bifurcation of that market um, uh, for uh, currency. I don't want to call it money because it's currency, but yeah, you, I think you're going to see these types of things, uh, distortions in the market uh, coming in lots of different uh, industries and goods across the board. And so, um, you know, if you can play it right, <clears throat> you can uh, <clears throat> excuse me, do really well. So um, I want to move on to another topic and this is, well, it, it's not another topic, but it, it goes to what we've been saying with the sort of programmable uh, currency. And so here is uh, from 2016, self-assembling self -assembling protein nanoparticles in the design of vaccines. And so, um, so we have basically going back to 2016, and I'm guessing even before then, we're talking about self-assembling assembled nanoparticles in, in, in the development of vaccines. I can't imagine that they're not using these types of things. Uh, in here it says, um, let's see, such nanoparticles offer a collective strength of multiple binding sites and can provide improved antigen stability and immunogenicity. Several exciting advances have emerged lately, including preclinical evidence that this strategy may be applicable for the development of new, of innovative new vaccines, for example, protecting against influenza, human uh, HIV, and uh, respiratory syncytial virus. So essentially, basically what we're going through now, like, uh, and, um, you know, that, that was part of the executive order that uh, Trump signed, I think, right before the vaccines were released. Uh, Self-assembling nanoparticles was part of it. Um, and, and yeah, so this is this is what they're doing. And now we have the in the New York Post, we have the world's first living robots can now reproduce, scientists say. So um, the world's first living robots, known as xenobots, can now reproduce. U.S. scientists have revealed details about the robots created using the heart and skin stem cells from African claw frog were unveiled last year after experiments showed they could move and self-heal. So now scientists at Tufts University and the University of Vermont and Harvard who made the xenobots say the tiny blobs can now self-replicate. Uh, experiments showed that the organisms can swim out into their dish, find, find other single cells and assemble baby xenobots. All right, so that sounds exciting. Um, <laughs> sounds exciting. So you have. <laughs> we're, we're, we're back squarely right. into the world of what could go wrong, right? Right. So self-assembling nanotechnologies with, with, uh, with, uh, uh, what's this? Um, uh, first living robots. And th these are like these tiny little tiny things. And so combine that with the fact that we're talking about programmable digital currencies. I think they're all related into, into basically getting uh, people to inject themselves with enough 
technology so that they're literally controlled down to their location, where they spend their money and everything else in between. And I think at the end of the day, that is the goal. And so if you, if you want to be a slave, you know, you, you really have a choice to make here because you can, you can definitely sign up for slavery if you really want to. So. Yeah. It's just sort of, a, right. it's sort of a more overt choice point to a choice that was always a choice. Right. But it's like, it's like the end game choice time. And so it's a definitive choice um, now. Yeah. I mean, Partly too, it's you got to go, you know, you, it's not hard to follow what they're up to if you want to pay attention. Right. So I don't pay attention. Asher doesn't either. Right. Like like we we like learned the playbook and then stopped paying attention and went about living our lives. Um, and so but but if you want to pay attention, right, if you want to look up those those, you know, uh, scientific papers that come out, if you want to read what the UN's putting out and what all the think tanks are putting out and all the global, global governance organizations that, you know, and so on and so forth. You can, you can pretty easily follow the, the patents and so on. You know, you can pretty easily follow the narrative and understand what's coming next. And so, you know, they put out this paper, whatever you were reading there in, in 2016 about, you know, the self-assembling uh, vaccine technology, right? And here we are in 2021. Uh, dealing with this. Right. And so um, Donald Trump signs that executive order, you know, lo and behold, just before the the pan, you know, the, the whole the whole situation hits, just like, you know, Carrie Mullis, you know, mysteriously dies, you know, just shortly before this whole thing happens, he would have been a real thorn in their side, you know, through through this process um, had he been alive. So. Um, so you so so and so now we see right in the New York Post, we see this article Hey, guys, we're putting this out there now. Right. Like we've got we've got AI technology that is self-replicating that has its own, con- you know, and, and of course, they're, they're not showing us the whole thing. Right. They're they're always they're always giving us a little taste of of, a, you know, it's sort of the they're giving us the preview or the top of the iceberg. Right. With the massive iceberg under the water that they are, you know, keep secret. So. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would say a good signal as to where things are headed, uh, as far as the agenda is concerned is, is that, you know, is that New York post article? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you have little snippets of information here and, and there, and here's another piece over here. And, and, uh, they basically outline the entire picture, but you do have to connect some of the dots and, and, and realize that, that, you know, there's people working together on this and, and they're, they're exposing their, their uh, playbook uh, by design. They, they need people to consent to this. And so that's one of the reasons why they do it. And so here it is. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe we're wrong. I'd love to be wrong about all this. I'd love it to, I'd love there to be, a, you know, all these uh, scientists and government agencies are all working for the betterment of humanity and really trying to keep us safe and all that. That would be great if that was the actual, uh, you know, scenario that we're living in, but um, I just don't think it is. So. um, Yeah. And, and, and it also can't, it also can't be because anybody who was working for the good of humanity would not obligate humanity to take the result of their, uh, of their benevolent actions, right? Benevolence is not is not paired with mandates. Benevolence doesn't come from that energy field. So it's not it's not possible for there to be a mandatory anything that's you know that's that's backed with the threat of violence that is done with with you know holy intentions. That's just not possible. Yes, right. And so, um, you know, I think this episode was a, was a pretty good one in terms of laying out the, the agenda, sort of where we are in this story. And um, hopefully, you know, and, and it goes back to the whole reason we started this show is to get together with like-minded people so that you can avoid having to go through this process. And so, um, you know, participate in the chat, join the Telegram group, subscribe to all our backup channels, share this with people who might, 
who might get some benefit out of this uh, because, you know, it's we're coming into some tough times where people are going to have to make some difficult choices. And the more you can get together with like-minded people and uh, remove yourself from the, you know, like the beast society or Babylon or whatever you want to call it, um, the better and healthier you're going to have to be and or you're going to be able to be. And so I really think it's an opportunity for us to, you know, tread a new path, uh, forge a new life into something that's going to be, you know, more natural, more, uh, you know, back to the earth, back to nature, um, you know, learning skills that w- that our ancestors used to have and, and um, you know, really living a different type of life than what we perhaps thought we were going to live. And uh, to me, I think it had to happen. I think that the way of the world was just, you know, going into a, you know, just more degenerated, uh, uh, you know, less moral, uh, more corrupt uh, nature and, and state. And this whole thing has really opened a lot of people's eyes to this. And it's a good opportunity to say, you know what, I'm out, I'm getting out. I don't care what I have to do. If I have to sell my house and live in a trailer, that's what I'm going to have to do because it's not ending. This is not like you can go take two jabs and then you're, then you're fine. And they're going to leave you alone after this. It's not ending. It's if you sign up for that world, you're on a never ending, uh, you know, sort of, uh, assembly line of more injections and more variants and more of this and more of that. And, you know, you have a, ch- a choice to make either stop it right now, say no right now, or sign yourself up for a life of, you know, what seems like hell to me. And so I want no part of that. I know you want no part of that. I'm sure all the people who are listening want no part of that. And the way we get out of it is we band together and, and do things differently. And so that's what we're here trying to do. And, uh, you know, hopefully it's a sobering reminder of what's going on, but a light at the end of the tunnel, because I really do think that there is a way out of this for the people who choose it. Yeah, so there we go. that's, that's a great, um, you know, great stuff there. That's absolutely correct. And, you know, it's, it's an imperative, right? And that's, and that's why it feels like an imperative right now because we're getting the kick in the ass that we need to get to that place we need to be at. So, um, so use it that way, right? Look at it that way. Uh, the more pressure that we feel that pressure is the boost. Then we need to make the changes that we need to make to create the, be at the, you know, sort of vibrate at the level we need to vibrate at, uh, create the life we want to create, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that's, quite literally what it's for you know that's quite literally its function at this time so looking at it that way is a lot less scary um and uh you know so yeah that's great great place to leave it asher with what you said right so yes please like share and subscribe all that good stuff especially over on rumble this video will likely be well it will be taken down uh pretty soon we talked about some topics that aren't allowed to be discussed. Uh, another reason why you can see that this is, uh, you know, the, the whole show is, is what it is. It's a show and, you know, they, they don't want certain things, uh, you know, exposing the truth. And so I believe we're on the right path. You know, you, you only catch flack if you're over the target. And so, you know, our channel with less than 500 subscribers has gotten, you know, we're on our second strike at the moment, but we've gotten, I think, a total of four or five strikes and have, you know, had to uh, use our backup channel and all that stuff. And I'm sure, you know, if we left this one on, they kick us off completely. And so, you know, what, what does it really matter um, to them other than, you know, two guys exposing the truth, in my opinion? And so, um, you know, please help us out, share it with people who need to see it. Uh, subscribe to the backup channel, um, the clips channel, all the alternative platforms and help us out here. So thanks again for joining us and we will talk to you tomorrow.